Thank you for joining me today. This is Colin Hamilton, Commodities Analyst at BMO Capital Markets. And welcome to our short Metals Matters podcast where we highlight the key things you need to know in global metals and mining this week. So it's September already, which means we are heading into the autumn or fall conference season for all parts of the metals and mining industry. I'd like to highlight the 5th annual BMO LMA Week Research Seminar, which again will be held via webcast this year on October the 12th. But kicking everything off next week, we have the World Nuclear Association Symposium. This is an important event as it's where we receive the WNA's biennial update of uranium demand forecast. We do only receive these once every two years. And naturally, these have a significant impact on market expectations. We expect an upgrade to demand numbers. Firstly, as the WNA China nuclear power estimates are well behind China's own targets of 70 gigawatts of UT8 equivalent in 2025 and 120 gigawatts by 2030. Uh, Moreover, we also expect extensions to a number of existing reactors to be factored in. Uranium's an interesting commodity. Indeed, it's a bit of an upside-down commodity, given that at present the largest buyers in the spot market are the producers, and they've aggressively cut mine supply in recent years and are having to buy spot units to cover contract needs. With this, uranium is in a record deficit, but there is a reason the price has consistently underperformed. Excess inventory. A deficit is a natural situation in a commodity market that is burdened by high stock levels as uranium is, and the price has been encouraging supply to be taken offline. Now, while most other commodities have benefited from surging Chinese demand over the past two decades, well, for uranium, this China delta's still ahead. China is not the biggest buyer of uranium in the global market. Ahead of the WNA conference, the uranium spot price has moved up to a level not seen since 2015. That's been helped by non-traditional investment buying and tightening spot market availability. We would expect that much of the discussion next week will be about whether utilities are getting scared yet about security of supply and also about what price point producers might restart idle capacity. The week after the WNA sees the Denver Gold Forum and which will even see some physical attendees. And I think it's worth reflecting on gold price dynamics heading into this, which have been some sort of sanguine, with the price holding in or around $1,800 an ounce. Now, unsurprisingly, given rising inflationary pressures and positive economic growth surprises, central banks around the world are increasingly setting the stage for less accommodative actions over the coming months and quarters. It is time to start talking about tapering, even if uh, Fed Chair Powell's recent Jackson Hole speech was a bit non-committal. Now, with tapering on the cards, there is naturally a degree of nervousness in the gold market around portfolio rotation out of ETF holdings, which of course contributed to a relatively dramatic price fall in 2013. We've seen this already and we do expect to see some more gold holdings reduced, but with negative yield yields, with high geopolitical tensions... And with potential for wider market volatility, we don't expect to see asset allocators who are now the marginal buyer and seller of gold in any given day significantly reduce their percentage allocation to the metal. Now for gold producers, even with cost inflation starting to show some signs of a comeback, margins are extremely robust. And with the industry now showing impressive capital discipline relative to past cycles, we expect strong free cash flow over the coming years. Denver, much of the discussions will be around what might or what should be done with this windfall. 
I do like a data point and I suppose one of the most startling data points this year has been in electric vehicle sales, with around 2.5 million sales in the first half globally. This equates to 6.5% penetration rate, up from 4% in 2020 and helped by ongoing outperformance in China and Europe. Electric vehicle revisions move in cycles and make no mistake we are in an upgrade cycle across the street at the present time. In conjunction with my colleagues uh, Joel Jackson and Robin Fiedler, we have upgraded our annual sales forecast for EVs in the medium term by 2-3 million units per annum, taking global penetration rates to 15% of light vehicle sales in 2025 and 28% in 2030. Now in terms of metals demand, this adds about 100-150,000 tonnes per annum of lithium, about 50,000 tonnes per annum of nickel and 12,000 tonnes per annum of cobalt to our models. Some interesting facts resulting from this modelling. We now have cobalt in EVs exceeding that in portable electronics for the first time this year. That's two years ahead of our previous expectation. Also, copper use in EVs exceeds that in traditional internal combustion engine cars by 2027, and that's excluding the charging infrastructure build-out. Meanwhile, in nickel, we now have a constant deficit which might actually result in a reversal of the trend towards high nickel cathodes we've seen over recent years. Electric mobility demand has been a tailwind for many metals this year, and while the magnitude is small compared to recovery in traditional end uses, the long-term secular trend is extremely positive. Uh, we'd also reiterate that there will be a portfolio of cathode types of configurations and of battery sizes used. And for some of the work that my colleague Kimberly Berman has produced in this area, please just ask your BMO sales representative. To close, I'd like to talk briefly about just where we are in the industrial metal cycle. I'd say the trend of upward demand revisions has ceased. The Delta variant, uh, the easing credit cycle both inside and outside of China, have had an impact. Over and above this, however, demand is being impacted by issues in global supply chains, and I would say the impact of the semiconductor shortage is a prime example. Auto demand is down, auto demand for metals is down, but it's a supply side issue. Metals outperformers over the coming months are still likely to be those with raw material constraints, that's typically the case. However, across all commodities, logistical issues are having this impact. Port congestion, whether it be containers or bulk vessels, has surged. Truck driver shortages are conspicuous across the world. Such supply issues mean an increasing likelihood of desperation among buyers to keep manufacturing lines running or keep projects on track. And for commodities, that means even with overall demand starting to ease, prices can continue to trade at a risk premium, if you like, to the cost curve. Or, or put another way, these logistical issues mean the probability of just someone finding themselves scrambling for prompt material is much higher than normal. And while lead times remain elevated across the industry, margins can stay above mid-cycle norms into 2022. Thank you once more for listening. As always, we are happy to discuss any questions you have about metals markets. Do just get in touch directly and please join me again to discuss more pertinent issues for the global industry in the next Metal Matters. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in.
access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.